Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My fear for the Penguins tonight isn't that they won't change anything from Game 1. It's that they might change something from Game 1. They collectively don't need to change a thing. Their goaltender does. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. It's Penguins versus Islanders tonight in Game 2 at PPG Paints Arena. I think it's a must-win. Now, saying think and must in the same sentence doesn't come with a whole lot of equilibrium there. So it's a it's a sliding through the back door couching of the statement, if you will. But I'm trying to picture the Penguins going down two games to none and then up to that place where they're going to allow close to 10,000 people in there and it only holds 15. And the roof is so low that you could put 3,000 in there and they would make a ton of noise. Um, And this, after two years of competing in relative silence, I think that'll be pretty jarring for the visitors under any circumstance, much less going in there 0-2. Need to win this game. Need to win this game. And the way to win this game is to do exactly, almost exactly, what was done in Game 1. The Penguins came out very strong, took command of the game. First 25, 30 minutes of it were all theirs. They pressured the Islanders. They maintained possession in the New York zone. Once they got it, they easily navigated the neutral zone, and they didn't give up much of anything in the defensive zone. The only person who gave up anything in the defensive zone was Jari. And I've heard and read people saying, you know, what about, you know, Mike Matheson didn't have a great game or Marcus Pedersen didn't have a great game because they're looking around for bodies and numbers after a goal is scored and saying, well, that guy could have done something. Listen, when you shoot from distance and you score 
unscreened goals, there is exactly one person on the rink to blame. And it's the same person who would blame himself in that situation. There's not an alternative choice there. You can say, oh, this guy got knocked over, or that happened, or that happened, or how did J.G. Pajot end up going up ice, you know, while there was a line change going on. They had it covered. They had it covered. All Pajot could do, all he could manage, was a wrist shot from well above the left circle. Unscreened. Gotta be stopped. 100 times out of 100 has to be stopped. You can say that about the first three goals across the board, and I'll throw in the overtime goal as well. But the rest of the team, my worry here is that the rest of the team will now start trying to compensate if they sense further that Jari's just not going to be with it in this series. And that... That's when you really find the trouble, because now everything's falling apart. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. Monthly cost of cable is over two hundred bucks. Fubo TV is just sixty-five bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT and T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. You don't pay for the DVR that comes with it. There's no such thing as installation. No contracts. Cancel anytime. And right now, for listening to this show, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. For real, go to FuboTV.com slash DK. The Sidney Crosby line carried a lot of the play. They need to keep doing that. I don't know if Evgeny Malkin is coming back or not. The fact that he didn't participate in line rushes yesterday seemed ominous, meaning at practice. But then the fact that he hung around for an extra 40 minutes to do all kinds of additional work, including taking physical bumps from Colton Sevier, who was out there to just do that, that was less than ominous. But if he does come back, you don't even know how long he'll last because this injury, this knee injury, is clearly something that's not going away on its own. And then there's another element of uncertainty that gets added to it. But if he plays, and he's out there with Kasperi Kapanen and Jason Zucker, they need to make things happen the way they have at different points in the regular season. The Jeff Carter line with Freddie Goudreau, Jared McCann, need to go right back to doing the things that they were doing in the regular season. The Teddy Bluger line, which had a, a pretty good game, not great, in game one. Now that they've got Brandon Tanev back, they need to get back to doing what they do best, something that Tanev discussed yesterday. I think it's uh, anytime you play with Zach and Teddy, they're both great players and they're easy to play with. You know, we, we play a simple game as a line. I think that's part of our identity. Um, you know, our job is to go out there and 
and play a hard 200-foot game and, and make things difficult for the other team. But I think when you're out there with Teddy and Zach, you know, the game become easier in the sense as we kind of read off each other and, and we know where we're going to be. And, and, and that's the that's the goal for, for a line in particular is to go out there and, and, and create chances but also play a hard 200-foot game. I'll take this to the blue line too because if there's one guy that I'm the most worried about doing something different in game two, it's Chris Letang because he was outstanding in game one. But what if Latang loses faith in Jari and starts doing things that he doesn't need to do? Trying to stop or block shots that absolutely should be allowed to go through. Taking yourself out of position because you're worried about guys shooting from bad angles. This is what I'm talking about, and I started to see traces of this from the Penguins in the overtime period on Sunday. That can't happen. That can't happen. This goaltender needs to send a message right off the bat tonight. Right off the bat. Not one save, not two saves. But a good, solid 10, 12, 15 minutes of hockey to let everybody know, listen, it's all right. It's all right. And then let the Penguins keep playing the way they did in game one i really really liked the way they played overall in game one but they had one guy come in and pull the piece out of the jenga puzzle and have it all fall apart that that has to change and it has to change immediately when we come back just one question Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you on this program always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania, and they need your help in turn. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 is all it takes to provide five full meals for those in need. One dollar equals five meals. Pittsburghfoodbank.org. Brandon asks, honest question. Was the decision to keep Jari solely up to Jim Rutherford? And with the exception of a solid December in 2019, what gave him the idea that Jari was the guy? I'm not sure what you're asking as it references the decision itself who else would have been involved brandon um i mean the gm absolutely would have gone to his head coach the goaltending coach and everybody else to seek their feedback and how they feel about jari both as a player and as a person but if you're referring to something from over his head or anything like that no no Jim ran the place. <laughs> I mean, Jim really ran the place. There was no president of hockey operations over his head, like there is now with Brian Burke over Ron Hextall. So what would have sold Jim Rutherford on the idea 
of Sticking by Jari. Uh, you say December of 2019. He actually played pretty well for a lot more than a month uh, of that season. And then, you know, moving into 2020, he was a top 10 goaltender in the NHL in save percentage, goals against average, and shutouts. All three of those ranking in the top 10. Um, that's, that's pretty significant on top of being a second-round pick and having other pedigree characteristics to him. And then this obviously didn't influence Jim since Jim was gone by then, but after the rough start to January, Jari and Casey DeSmith combined for two full months of the Penguins ranking number one in the NHL in save percentage. Number one. I mean, if you're mad at him, say you're mad at him, Brandon. You know? I mean, this is... Because that, that's all that sounds like. He had a really, really, really bad game. I don't know that anyone around has criticized Jari's game more harshly than I have. But I also don't allow that to have me go revisiting stuff from, you know, decisions two, three years ago. Who did this and who did that and what were they thinking and everything else. Because I also was here in February and March and I don't just remember the last bad thing I saw. I'm going to say this again and in a hopeful tone. Jari has shown in the past in the very, very recent past, this season, that he's capable of bouncing back with a violent U-turn. I saw it myself. I saw it myself in the second week of February. He had really, really been struggling. And then there was a game in which... Penguins lost to the Capitals 3-1, to one, and he made some good saves, and I still didn't like the goals he gave up. I didn't like how far back he was in the net and everything else. Same problem. Same, same everything. And then he came out two nights later against who? The Islanders. And was just out bleeping standing. Super aggressive. Coming out to get the puck. Doing everything with conviction. Just like that. Just like that. Saw it. We might see it again. We might see it again tonight. The Penguins should certainly hope so. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And we will do another one tomorrow that maybe will come with a little bit of a cheerier tone, huh? University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. 
safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.